The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I pray that the word that you hear today will encourage and motivate you. Know that the Lord has a special assignment for each of us and that when you're in that place, you're not going to have any rivals. Are you hearing me? There's nobody that can compete with you because there has never been a you before. There has never been anybody like you on the face of this whole earth. And no one can do what you were called to do better than you can. Do you hear that? No one can take your place. Yes, other people can teach the word, other people can sing, other people can serve the Lord, but nobody can do what you were called to do. You have a special assignment. Each one of us has a special assignment because you are special. In Psalms 139, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You saw me before I was born. Think about that. That is so awesome that the Lord God saw us in our mother's womb before we were ever even saw the daylight in the light of day. He knew, he knew all about us and knew exactly what we were going to say and do for the rest of our lives. And it's, it wasn't a chore for him. <laughs> he, that's, that's what everybody. He said, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Hallelujah. In verse 17, it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. He said, They cannot be numbered. Saints, there are no ifs in God's plan for you, and all His plans for you are good, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. However, man's ifs are always connected to doubting the will of God. For example, in Luke 5, in a message translation, this is where Jesus cleansed a leopard, and, and it says that one day, in one of the villages, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he said he fell down before him in prayer and said, If you want to, if you want to, you can cleanse me. And verse 13 says, Jesus put his hand and touched him and said, I want to. He said, Be clean. And then and there, his skin was smooth and the leprosy was gone. That's awesome. I mean, just that very second... All Jesus had to do was just touch him. Actually, he didn't have to touch him. But in this case, he did touch him. All he could have done was just say, be healed. And he would have been healed. So there's different ways of receiving your healing. You don't always have to have somebody lay hands on you. But you can speak the word. I know I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but I wanted to mention it to you again this morning because it puts me in remembrance of Norval Hayes' daughter, Zona Haynes, when she had, I think it was, I'm not sure on the count, but it was like 35 or 40 growths on her body that she had had for years and years, especially during her high school days. And he had kept praying for like about five years to God to remove, you know, these um, growths on her body. And nothing seemed to happen. And then one night as he was praying, the Lord just, he said, the Lord just took him up into the spirit. And uh, he talked and he even asked the Lord, you know, why? He said, I've been praying for, year, you know, for five years for my daughter Zona, you know, and why isn't she healed? And so the Lord told him what, what he needed to do and what he needed to do, what he was praying for God to do it. That's what we do. We always depend on God to do it, but he's dependent on us to do it. So he told him, he said, what you need to do is you need to go and speak to it. You need to go command those to leave. 
You know, so when he went back down, got back in the natural, he went and prayed for his daughter and laid hand, you know, and spoke to the groves and commanded them to go. And I don't think they disappeared immediately. I think it was a couple of days later when she was in her bedroom, if I remember correctly, that I may not get all the details correctly, but I think she was in the bedroom. And, and all of a sudden he said she came out screaming and all the growths were gone all over her whole body. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't one growth and she had all new skin. All, not only was she healed, but she had all new skin. Just think about that, saints. You know, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that Jesus has not changed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So whatever situation, whatever thing that you're experiencing in your bodies this morning, whether it's in your health or your finance, it doesn't matter. Jesus has not changed. The things that we read about in the Word, and when we're reading our Bible, the things that we're reading about, these are the things that He is still doing today. You know, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, all these miracles that you see in the book of Acts, he's still doing those. He's still doing miracles. He said, as a matter of fact, his word says that, my, by, um, that signs and wonders are always followed by his word. So, but we have to have faith that this is true. We have to have faith that God is the same God today as he was yesterday. Saints, God, ifs are conditioned based on your obedience to do what he asks you to do. That's the thing right there. His, God's ifs are conditioned based on your obedience to do what He asks you to do. In 1 John 5, in New Living Bible says, Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. And verse 4 it says, For every child of God defeats this evil world. We achieve this victory through our, over our faith, through our faith. Let me read that again. It said, For every child of God defeats this evil word, world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And it says, Who can win this battle against the world? But only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Only those that still believe that, God, that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Man's ifs are always connected to doubt. The if makes the person doubt the willingness of God to perform His Word in your life. When you see the word if in front of your prayer, what you're saying is, God, I'm really not sure if you can do this or not. I really don't know if this is going to happen. And maybe you don't come out and actually say that. Maybe you don't actually come out and say, God, I'm really not sure. You don't, maybe, you don't, maybe you don't make it, you don't vocalize it, but you're thinking it in your heart. And, you know, and the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So even though you're not vocalizing if you can do this, a lot of times this is in our thoughts. And until we can change those thoughts and the way we think, the way we uh, think about sickness or think about poverty or think about all this stuff until we can change and trust the Lord to know and to know that whatever our problems is, that he can take care of it without having that if, God, I'm really not sure. Not, not be thinking those thoughts because I think a lot of times I've, I've done it myself. You know, I would be, I've, I've found myself praying at times and seeking the Lord about something and maybe way somewhere back in my, the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know if this is possible or not. I don't know, you know, if this is going to take place, but I'm going to pray anyway. But you know, we can't, we've got to know when we ask the Lord for something that He's listening. And if we're praying in faith, He is going to answer us. He always answers us. 
And it says in James 1, 5, and 6 in the New Living Bible, it says that when you ask, make sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. He says, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, he said, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Saints, today, let's replace the word if. Let's begin today by replacing that word if to a when and see God move in our lives. Let's change, that. Let's change our vocabulary. Some of the words that we're, we're so accustomed to saying that we need to change them. We need to just get that if right out of there where God is concerned and say when. I, I prayed about this and I, and I know he heard me and I'm just waiting. There's no ifs he's going to do it because I, I have found myself saying that too, if. But I do that less and less because the more you grow in the Lord, the less you're going to say that. You, we got to get rid of the doubting if and know that he gives it gives your Father good pleasure to do good things for us. It gives your Father good pleasure to answer your prayers. In Luke 12, 32, in the New Living Bible, it says, Do not fear, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. He said, Don't be a doubting Thomas. In John chapter 1, verse 27, Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the womb in my side. And then he said, don't be faithless any longer. This is what he told Thomas. He said, don't be faithless any longer. He says, but believe. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing. But you know, I might add this, that blessed are those that believe they're healed while they still have the symptoms and are still in pain. Blessed are those that believe. Blessed are those that believe that the word of God, when he says you shall be blessed coming in and going out in the city and in the field, that you believe, actually believe that because that's what the word says. The word says that you shall be blessed coming in, going out in the city and in the field. Believe that he shall meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Blessed is he who believes that our Father will bless the righteous and surround them with the shield of his favor. Blessed are these people that believe this away. It says in Psalms 5:12, For surely you, O Lord, bless the righteous. You surround them with the shield of your favor. Hallelujah. That's Psalms 5:12. Saints, God can talk. Satan can talk. And you can talk. All of our words either agree with God's words or they're going to agree with Satan's words. Satan comes against you on a daily basis with a flood of words. He's, he's always telling you. He's always coming against you with negative things. He's always trying to tell you, you're never going to make it. You're not smart enough to do that. You're going to have to learn to live with this sickness forever. You need to accept it. You, get, you need to get used to it. There's a lot of people this morning listening online, and, and I forgot to welcome all of you that's listening online, and thank you for joining us this morning, and all those in here. But there's people in here maybe and, and listening online this morning that the enemy has been constantly sitting on your shoulders. Maybe, you're, uh, maybe the Lord is putting new thoughts and creative ideas into your, into your spirit, but the enemy is contil uh, continuously telling you that you're not smart enough. You can't do it. It's never going to happen. Or maybe you're trying to believe for a healing in your body this morning, but the devil is telling you that it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, Joe. You might as well get used to it. You just might as well just accept it and get used to it. You're never going to walk again. You're never going to get out of this bed. You might as well accept it. 
and get used to it. But as Brother Hagin would say, you don't have to accept it and you don't have to get used to it. You don't have to accept anything that the enemy tells you. Anything that goes against the Word of God, you don't have to accept. Are you hearing me? Don't let him deceive you into believing the lies that he tells you, because that's all it is. It's lie, it's lie upon lie upon lie. Just like God's Word is precept upon precept, the enemy's lies are just one right behind the other. He says you'll never get out of debt. You may not be aware of this, but water represents words in the Bible. In other words, you can drown yourself with your own words. You do this by repeating what Satan says instead of agreeing with what God's Word says. And there's tons of uh, scriptures in the Bible that refers to this. It doesn't say water, but you know, if you know the symbols of the, what the Bible's saying, that in David's case and a lot of others, that when he was saying that he was up to his head with water, he wasn't really in a pond. It was the enemy that was flooding him with words. You know, his enemy was saying, well, David, you're never going to be king. This is never going to take place. You're never going to do that. And he was overwhelmed. He was drowned in words. And that's what we do when we start repeating what Satan says instead of agreeing with what God's word says. In Proverbs 18, it says, The words of man's mouth is deep waters. He said, The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. And there are many scriptures that refer to the word as water. As a matter of fact, the word is referred to as a bread, that the bread of life. He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about the light. He says His Word is light. And men, there's many other things that when He's using the word light or bread or water, He's talking about the Word of God. And I think as you read your Bible and you begin to um, interpret some of these things and the symbols in the Word, it's going to make it reading a lot more interesting and to give you a lot better understanding of just what the Lord is trying to tell you. In Proverbs 6, 2... He says, you are, in the New King James, he said, you are snared by the words of your mouth. He said, you are taken. In other words, he says, you're trapped by the words of your mouth. You know, we have ample opportunity every day, brothers and sisters. We have ample opportunity through the words that we speak to bless somebody or to curse someone. When we speak God's word out of, when you speak God's word out of your mouth and you agree with his word and you give actual, you actually give voice to it, it has dynamic power, it has dunamis power, and it explodes like dynamite. You don't realize that your words are powerful, but they are the most powerful thing there is. And when you're speaking God's word and you speak those words in faith and you you speak to that cancer or you speak to those diabetes or you speak to those debts or you speak to that, that it's just dunamis power that just explodes. And I know that's true because I've experienced it in my life. I've lived through it and I know it. And I know that God has turned one situation after another around over and over, took care of it. And all he asked me to do was speak to it. It's like I spoke many years ago after my husband died, just piles of bills from the hospital. It was over $100,000, but the Lord took care of it. When he gave me the word to speak over it, you speak God's word. I had prayed over it, but I'd asked God to take care of it. But then he gave me a verse and he told me what to do, just like he did Brother Norval Hayes. He said, you've been praying, but you've been asking me to do what I've told you to do. And that's why a lot of us are making our mistake. We keep asking God to do what He has instructed us to do. Are you hearing me? You need to begin to drown out 
these evil spirits, these these doubts, these thoughts of unbelief and doubt through your praise and worship. That's how you drowned him out. It's just begin to praise and worship the Lord. Brothers and sisters, when you stand up and speak God's word in faith, the devil will be the one that's going to be on the run. That's, he's going, he, he, when you stand up and speak his word, then the enemy is going to be the one that's the fearful one. It's not going to be you. You're going to be the one that puts him on the run. The Bible says he trembles at the sound of his words. If you want to have power, you're going to have to cut off those useless words. Are you hearing me? In Proverbs 14, Proverbs 14, verse 3, it says, In Strong's Concordance, in the New American Standard Bible, it says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will protect them. And another translation says, Because of a stubborn fool's words, a whip is lifted against him. And I believe what this, I believe what the Lord is trying to tell us here when he says, In the mouth of a in the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, or in another translation, a whip lifted up against him. What I'm trying to say this morning, and what I think God is trying to say this morning through me, is that when you're speaking anything that goes against what his word says, and when you're agreeing with Satan and not agreeing with God, that you're actually beating your own self up. It's not God, it's not anybody else, but it's you, you are the one that's doing the damage to yourself. You are actually taking the rod. Every time you speak a negative word that goes against God's word, it's like taking a rod and beating yourself up with it till you're black and blue, till you're so poor you can't afford a meal, or you're so sick you can't get up. But you have sat there and you have, beat, you have lifted that rod up, lifted those words up, and you have lifted it up and beat yourself up with it. Think about that. Saints, if you want to have victory in your life, you will need to lay your tongue on the altar. I've actually had services, and I've had this in churches and in prisons, where I've had the people come up and I've anointed their lips. They lay that tongue on the altar. We need to give it to the Lord. We, you know, of all the prayers that we can ask God, that is one of my, Lord, just put a bridle on my tongue and a guard on my mouth at all times, lest I should sin against thee. Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut. Help me to be slow to speak and quick to hear. We need that. We need that, brothers and sisters. When you do, when you do that, then you're going to mess up Satan's world. You'll mess up his plans for you. He's got plans for you. He's got a file on you. He knows what pushes your button and what doesn't. I know um, just the other day, you know, uh, being married, and some of you are married, some of you are single, but it doesn't matter whether it's with a friend or a relative or your husband, your wife. But sometimes you have a disagreement and, and maybe you don't always see eye to eye on things. And, and I know a couple of nights ago, Dave and I were talking about something and it wasn't anything really bad. It's just that we didn't quite see eye to eye on that. But uh, because I didn't take a time to think about what he was saying, you know, I was thinking one way and he's thinking another. But so I was upset. And so when I went to bed, I wasn't speaking. We do that, you know. Our best, our best thing is just don't speak, you know. So I went to bed, went to sleep. This doesn't happen maybe a couple of times in the 11 years we've been married, but just sometimes it happens. <laughs> but the next morning, my prayer time, I'm using this as an illustration that we do have the power to control our feelings and not let them control us. 
we we have uh, we have the ability to take over and 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 control our thoughts and our minds and, and think what God wants us to think instead of what the enemy wants to think. He is so subtle. God, the enemy is so subtle that he drops these hints into your thing. He was the one that suggested I just don't say anything and get mad. But the next morning in my prayer time, I recognized this, and I said, Satan, you're a liar. You want me to open that door. Because if I open that door, then you're going to come in. So I can't give you, the Bible says, give no place to you. And I'm not going to give you any place this morning. I said, I know that David loves me. You have to talk to yourself. You have to do a lot of self-talking. Are you hearing me? I said, I know that David loves me, and I don't know, and I, I know that he's been really tired lately, that he's been putting in a lot of hours at work and with the ministry, and I said, I can understand why, you know, he didn't want to have 100 people over or 50 or whatever. You know, that we need some time to ourselves because I'm ministering almost every weekend. I'm working and, and just going, and so we needed some time. And he needed some quiet time. So we decided next weekend that we're just going to spend time together instead of the usual crowd. You know, but at first, I couldn't see that. We don't always see things at first, but if we talk to the Lord, he'll show us. You know, but I had determined that I was okay anyway, regardless of which way he, you know, that my husband wanted to go. But I had that opportunity to let the enemy come in. I had the opportunity to give him access to my thoughts. And things can uh, very quickly spiral out of control. Because the next, if, you, if you open that door, then he's going to give you other things to say. And the next thing you know, you're going to be angry for days or maybe even say more harsh words to one another that you don't really mean. That's the way he see, deceives us. You hear that? We have to be aware of his tactics. He's always looking, for, looking to get in. He's looking for an open, a crack in your armor. We've got to keep the full armor on at all times. It says that we overcome the evil one by the shed blood of the Lamb and by the spoken word of our testimony. That's what he's doing. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 in New Living Translation, through 15, it says, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he gave, for he, because He forgave all of your sins. In verse 14, He says, He canceled the record of the charges against us, and and took it away by nailing them on the cross. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In this way, he says, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He says he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Saints, speaking faith is the power that gives us the victory. It gives us the victory. It is how you will overcome evil. And you need to recognize the gift that has been given to you. We have been given that gift. Every good thing that is ours, that belongs to us, is in our identification with Christ Jesus. The word says in uh, Philemon, some people says Philemon, sometimes Philemon. But anyway, I've done it both ways. But the word says... In chapter 1, in the Amplified Bible, Paul said, 
I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and, and, and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In other words, what he's saying here is he's saying that, that we must acknowledge that these things are already ours. They're not going to be given to us, he says, but they're already ours. It's through our faith that we're able to receive these things from God. And faith is simply acting as what God's word says is true. Are you hearing me? You know, the Lord gave me this. Um, well, let me back up here just a minute. I was talking to uh, Sister D and uh, Sister Sydney back there earlier this morning. And the Lord brought this back as an example of, um, of acting like the word of God is true. <laughs> And I, I remembered years ago that I was talking to this person that was a Christian, and she was with her mother, and um, her father has gone, but home to be with the Lord many, many years ago, but he was a pastor. And I was talking to her, and I was explaining something to her, and, and she was telling me, she said, that's, that's uh, uh, no, she said, that's not right. She said, because that's not, not what my daddy said. And so... I said, well, I can't help that, but that's what the word says. You know, she says, I know. She says, Mama, that's not what Daddy taught, is it? You know, and she said, and so my point is, I mean, I didn't take it any further because, you know, people, you know, seeds get planted and things, you know. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of maybe receiving some things that wasn't true, and later the Lord gave me a revelation saying, Joe, that's not right. You know, you go, go look at my word. That's not right. And that's what we need to do. That's what they did in the book of Acts. Anytime they were preaching, they'd go home and search the scriptures to make sure that what's being taught is what they were teaching. And so I, I said, you know, it's like I was telling them, you know, some people will believe what their pastor or daddy or sister or whatever said above the word of God. And it's like I was telling them, some people don't let the word get in their way of what they believe. And so... Well, you have to believe the you have to believe the word of God, and I've shared this with you. Uh, I don't know if I've shared it here or not, but I know I've shared it in the past. This was an example of the Lord had given me. He said, "Joe, think of it this way." When we were talking about the other, he said, "Think of it as prime of a pump." He, and uh, and I know that some of you uh, and most of you this morning and listening online probably never primed a pump in your life, so you probably don't even have to. I have a clue to what I'm talking about, but maybe one day somebody will send something across on Facebook and ask if you're familiar with this. It's a pump. <laughs> well, I have because when I was growing up on the farm as a kid, we didn't have running water. So sometimes my mom would send me out to get a bucket of water. We also had a big well out there where you could, you know, uh, draw the water out. And I, if I was the first one to go get the water that day, I'd have to prime the pump before I could get any water out of it. And so... In order to prime the pump, you always had to have a little bit of water to pour into the pump in order to prime it. And so then I'd start working. The, I'd pour. I'd begin to pour a little bit of the water in the pump the whole time I'm pumping. I'm pouring and I'm pumping. And then I start working the pump handle up and down, up and down while I'm pouring the water in. And after doing this for a while, the water would begin to flow slowly at first. It would come slowly at first into my bucket. But then the more I pumped and the harder I pumped, the more water I'd get. And there seemed to be an endless flow of water. In other words, there was no limit to the water because it was coming from the earth, the well. So I could just stood there and just pump water and fill up buckets all day long because it was just an endless flow of it. 
And, and I want you to know that when you begin to recognize what you already have in Christ Jesus and that you begin to thank Him and praise Him and acknowledge Him, that you'll have an endless flow of everything that God has promised you. There'll be an endless flow. My point is this. Everything we need is already inside of us. It's just like the water that was in the well that I was trying to bring up. It just needed a little priming to get it started on the surface. That's the reason why, brothers and sisters, praise and worship is so important. And I cannot say this enough. So many people miss this part of the service. And so they miss out on some of the most important parts of worship because that is coming into the presence of the Lord. It's coming into His presence with thanksgiving. It's laying a foundation and preparing your hearts, preparing the soil because God likens your heart into the soil. So when you're in there and you're enjoying the praise and worship, you're preparing the foundation, laying the foundation, preparing your heart to hear the Word of God. You're, you're getting yourself ready for it. In Psalms 95, 2, it says, Let us make a joyful noise to Him in song. And, and this is also why we're praying in the Spirit is so important. I have listed three points that I call the three P's or the three steps in bringing what you need from your spirit into the natural realm. I realize there are other ways. These are not the, all of, this is not all of them, but I've listed some that I've used some. I believe they'll give you a better understanding on how to get what God has put in you to flow out of you like streams of living water. Because that's what the Lord talks about, that it shall flow like streams of living water. In John 7, verse 38, New Living Bible says, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare, rivers of living waters will flow from your heart. Praise the Lord. Saints, God's word teaches us that if we understand something, and I'm praying this morning that the Lord has anointed your ears, your spiritual ears, to understand what he's saying. In Matthew 13, 19, in New King James, it says, When anyone hears the word of God, the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes immediately and snatches away what was sown in the heart. And there is so much in this scripture that I don't have time to teach on right now. But I want to tell you, because a lot of people are wondering, you know, there are scriptures that says, I've hidden thy word in my heart, in my heart so that I, lest I sin against thee. And then his other scripture says that he has come and taken the word. And so you're wondering how can Satan take the word out of your heart? And I don't have time to preach on that this morning, but one day I will. And uh, the Lord gave me an interpretation of that and how he is actually able to steal the word from you. But one of the main reasons he, ways he can steal it is by not getting an understanding of the word. If you can understand the word, then he can't steal it. P number one, prayer. Ask. And when you pray, be specific with your request. Find God's promise pertaining to your request in His Word about what you're asking Him for, and then pray in accordance with that Word. But always, always pray God's Word. He answers His Word. In other words, if it's healing that you need, find all the Scriptures on healing that you can find. If you need a financial breakthrough, the same thing holds true. Actually, you only need one verse. You don't need a lot. Or you can get as many scriptures as you want to to back up what you're asking him for. If you can just get one scripture and meditate on that and that uh, backs up what you're asking him for, it works. It works. When I was praying and trusting the Lord to be debt-free, 
I would confess scriptures like, Lord, I thank you that I owe no man nothing but the debt of love. For it says in Romans 13, 8, and New Living Bible says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm worthy of my hire. Praise to God. And in 1 Timothy 5, 18, says those who work deserve their pay. At the time, I was working and not getting paid. I was a volunteer. So that might require just a little more faith. If you don't have a job or you're working, you don't get paid. But you have to understand that my job wouldn't be my source anyway. God is always my source. He's always your source. And so he's going to get you, if you're worshiping, if you trust him to take care of you, he's going to get to you. I never lack for anything. I still don't lack for anything because I know that he's my source. And as long as I, uh, as long as I strive to be a good steward over what he's trusted me with and trusted it to me, then he's going to continue to meet that. As long as it's your heart, he's looking at your heart. You've got the generous heart, generous spirit, and you can continue to sow seeds and continue to give and you don't think about what you're doing except that this is what the you know you know this is what god wants you to do then out of nowhere the lord just it, it, it's not out of nowhere but it seems like it's out of nowhere he just starts pouring things in you i mean he's had I, i've gone out of my mailbox years ago before i came to virginia beach and i would need something and there, there would be uh something in my mailbox exactly what i needed you know you know, so it's really awesome. So, like I said, it's you say, well, it's easier you can believe to for things if you already have a job. But I did have a job. I was working for the kingdom, and I figured my father owns it all. He says he owns all the silver and gold. You know, cattle on a thousand hills. And if I need anything, my father's gonna make sure I got it. And he still does. That nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Anything would change. It'd be because I changed. If I changed my way of thinking and decided he wasn't my source anymore that maybe even my partners or whatever were my source, which I really appreciate my partners and donors because they help get the word out to more people and, and further away places, and I really appreciate that. But you're part of the kingdom, and I'm sure that you're sowing into good soil, and, and so God is, is blessing you because I want you to say this. I know a lot of people say it's not true, but I know it's true for me, and David knows it's true, that we get a lot of donations online. I pray over them personally. I know they get an automatic thank you, but I personally pray over them. And every letter that comes in that he brings home, I lay my hands on them. And I pray over them if there's any sickness in those letters, if there's any needs in those letters. Some of them send donations. There may be some in there just got a prayer request. But I pray over them personally. You know, if you, you pray over them and ask God to bless them, I speak healing into their bodies peace into their homes. Finances, you know, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on them. They won't have the room to contain it all if they're, if they're in lack and need help. But you can, you can do that. It might get to the point one day where I may not be able to do that, but I think that you can always pray. You might not be able to personally lay your hands on them, but you can, you can pray over everything that you get. You can just continue to pray and thank God for it. Romans 13, 8, New Living Bible says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm worthy of my hire. 
And 1 Timothy 5.18 said, those who work deserve their pay. And like I said, at the time, I'm going backwards that I was volunteer. So, of course, in the natural, this looked like an impossibility, but we know that all things are possible with God, right? We say that. Matthew 19, 26 in the New Living Bible, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Hallelujah. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with our Father. Thank you, Jesus. Humanly speaking, it was impossible for me to have the resources that I needed when I wasn't getting paid, humanly speaking. But God knows, I know he's my source. I know it. He already knows it. But I have to acknowledge that and, and really know that in my spirit. In John 16, 23, in the New King James, it said, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, he says you will receive it. And P number two, proclamation. Say it. I cannot express this strong enough, brothers and sisters. You have to open your mouth. You have to say it. You have to speak it. The power is in the words coming out of your mouth, just like the bullets are in the power that's in the gun. You put the bullets in the gun. It is very harmless unless you pull the trigger. The words in your mouth are very harmless and do no good as long as you're thinking about them. You have actually got to open your mouth and say something. That's where the power is. The power is in God's Word because He is His Word. He is His Word. The message, the Word, is very close at hand. It's in your lips and in your heart. Praise the Lord. Saints, you have the power of life and death both in your tongue in closing, let me say this. What we speak, we believe. And what we believe causes us to act and make decisions. What we speak is what we believe. The lady that I was talking to that time about the Bible, she believed what she was saying. It wasn't true. Even though she was sincere about it, she was sincerely wrong. You can be sincere about a lot of things and be sincerely wrong. But it is what we speak, we believe. What we believe comes, causes us to act and make decisions. That's what happened with the woman in Mark 5 with the issue of blood. In Mark 5, verse 28 says, For she kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And Jesus' garment was a point of contact for her. But I like the fact that, and notice that she kept saying this. The Bible says she kept saying it. She didn't stop saying it. She kept saying this. She was making her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. And when she touched him, what happened? When she connected, she kept connected. You know, it, it's like a, a light. Uh, just think of a cord or something. You can get all around it or something and do this. But... Until you actually make connection, there's no power. But so she made connection with him. That's why she was the one that was healed, because no one else made connection. They were there, but they made no connection. There's people that go to church every day and every, you know, every week, but they're making no connection. If you've got to receive from the Lord, you've got to make that connection. 
and I'll share this with you too. I got a couple of things here that the Lord impressed upon me this morning in my prayer time was that I was thinking I was thinking I was playing this song. I'm not I'm not afraid, you know. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the songs I think we're going to play at the conference. But I'm not afraid. And and all of a sudden the Lord said to me, you know, you know, brought back to my remembrance, you know, the scripture where He says. Um, Perfect love cast out all fear. And I said, that's true, Lord God. And I've quoted that many times. Perfect love cast out all fear. And then he said, well, in Romans 5, 5, it said that all, my, my, my love has been shut abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. So if, if the Holy Spirit, you know, if the love has been shut abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 5, 5, then perfect love cast out all fear if the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Isn't it awesome that when the Lord just speaks to you and tells you these things and you thought, well, I thought, you know, you know both of these verses, but I had never thought about making the connection, you know? So this morning, it helped me to know, because from now on, I'm going to say, Lord, I, and of course I say that anyway, I do not receive any fear. I refuse to fear. And now I can say, Lord, I thank you that your, fear, your love has cast out all fear, that your love has been shut upon my heart by the Holy Spirit. So I, I refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. Praise the Lord. That's a word from somebody out there listening. Just refuse. Just, I, don't, I don't take that. I don't hear that. I don't receive that. It says that she kept saying. And notice that as she kept saying this, she was moving her way through the crowd to get to Jesus and when she touched him, it says immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. Hallelujah. You know, in Job twenty two twenty eight, it says that you shall decree and declare a thing. It's one of my favorite all time decree and declare. Speak it and say it. That it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Praise the Lord. That's what the woman with the blood, uh, blood issue was doing. She was declaring it. As she moved forward, she didn't just stand back behind the crowd and decree and declare. A lot of people think, well, I decree and I declare, but they're not putting any action with it. The Bible says you need to put some action with your faith. That, work, that faith without action is no good. But she was putting actions with her faith by moving forward as she was speaking it. It's like when you want to do something, you're asking the Lord for something, start out in that direction, whatever direction that is. And just begin to move and just keep speaking it. And he will get you what it, what it, he gets you on the right path and he'll get you whatever it is you need. Praise the Lord. He also says in Job 15, 4 through 6, he says, Have you no fear of God? No reverence for him? And verse 6 says, Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. And that's what we were talking about earlier when he was talking about the words of the foolish becomes a rod that actually beat, beats them up and defeats them. You, they're defeating their own self, but yet they're blaming God and other people for it. So many Christians think that God's holding out on them, but He's not. Your tongue, according to James 3, 4, is like a rudder on a ship or the bit in a horse's mouth. It will guide you. Your tongue will guide you. It is guiding you now. And it's been guiding you all along. It started guiding you from the moment that you learned how to say da-da and mama. And I want that. <laughs> you know, he began guiding, guiding you. So it's up to you where, the, where, where it takes you. It's, it's up to you where it takes you, okay? It's your choice. Think about that. P number three, 
praise. I can't emphasize that enough either. After you have prayed and asked God, begin to praise the Lord for the answer and keep on praising Him. You can praise your way out of anything. Keep on praising and keep on thinking. You can praise yourself into a healthy body. You can praise yourself into a prosperity or anything. You just keep on praising Him. Think of it as a sandwich. The Lord says, and I know I've used this before, but it's worth mentioning again for those that haven't heard it. Think of the prayer, your prayer request, uh, your uh, petition as a sandwich. The Lord said to come into his presence with thanksgiving. So anytime you go to pray to the Lord, don't start out just by asking him. Come into his presence and say, Lord, my Father God, I just thank you that I come into your presence today with prayers and thanksgiving and I thank you for your presence in my life. I thank you for your rule and your reign in my life. I thank you that you are the creator. You're my creator, the creator of this universe. And just go on and on and on and just praise in the Holy Spirit. Just praise in the Father. And then when you get through praising him, put put your request in there. Make sure it lines up with God's word. And then when you put your request in there, put the other piece of bread on it and begin to praise him. And don't stop praising him until you have it. Does that make it simple? Praise God. Saints, you belong to God, and He's going to take care of you. God chose you, according to Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. He adopted you. You don't have to be afraid or anxious for anything, and I mean anything. In Ephesians 1 and verse 5 in the Message Bible says, Long, long ago, He decided to adopt you and to his family through Jesus Christ. And it says, what pleasure he took in planning this. He says, you are not alone, brothers and sisters. And Ephesians 1 and 8 says that he thought of everything. The Bible says he thought of everything, provided for everything that we could possibly ever need. Anything that we could ever need. Letting us in on the plans that he took such delight, he said in making. He set it all out before us in Christ. Praise His holy name. I ask you this morning, I ask you online and those in here this morning in the congregation, for what great nation is there that has a God so near to them as the Lord our God is to us? Hallelujah. There is none other. None other. There's only one God with a capital G. All other gods are little gods and idols. For great, for what great nation is there that is God so near to them as the Lord our God is to us? Praise the Lord. Father God, I thank you so much for this awesome, awesome word, Lord. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my advocate. That you're a paraclete, the one that just comes along beside of us and encourages us and it helps us. And I thank you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you came along beside of me as you always do. That you always do. That you brought back to my memory brought back to my mind and remembrance things that I hadn't even thought of that weren't even in my notes. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me utterance. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting me be a vessel for you. I thank you for speaking through me what you wanted to be said. 
Thank you for all those that are here. I thank you, Father, for anointing their ears afresh this morning, their spiritual ears to hear and receive. I thank you, Father, that I believe that the word that was spoken here today was received with understanding, full understanding. So therefore, I decree and declare that the enemy cannot steal this word because you said if we can understand it, he cannot steal it. So I decree and declare this morning that the word has been received and it is understood and it's theirs. It's seeds, Lord. It's seeds. Thank you, God, that every word I spoke this morning was a seed that went out into the lives of those that are listening online and those in here that seeds. And those seeds are going to take root, Lord. And as they meditate on the seeds that they heard this morning, Lord, it's going to bring them a great harvest, a great harvest, one bigger than they could ever even imagine. Because, Father God, you said that you will give it to us far above anything that we could ever ask for, hope for, or ever imagine. So I thank you for the great harvest that they are going to reap from the words that they heard today. For it's in Jesus' name we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen. 